What do you call two guys that were there when this happened? Back to return at Spurlock. Michael Spurlock at the 10. He's to the 20. He's to the 25. Or the 30. To the 40-yard line. We could see history. 50, 40, to the 30-yard line. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. There you go. And that 62-yard field goal attempt. It is good. 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 Box beat. Eagles. Who can forget? Again, I'm looking again. Those up the middle. It's intercepted at the Derek 40. Brooks. Derek Brooks, 30. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Derek Brooks, the most valuable player in the National Football League. There it is. The dagger's in. We're going to win the Super Bowl. We call them the Salty Dogs. Welcome, everybody, to the Salty Dogs podcast, episode number five. I'm excited. I'm glad to be back. We are the Salty Dogs, and mm-hmm. that voice you just heard was... Jeff Ryan. And I am Scott Smith. And uh, we have a special one for you today. They're all kind of special, kind of, when you only have five of them. Yeah. It's, it's like if you have five kids, they're all kind of special. If you're on this show, it's special, no matter if this is 125th show or whatever. How many kids do you have to have before, like, they become not special anymore? I think every child is special. <laughs> oh, how sweet. Isn't that nice? So these are our kids, and today's guest is the first time we've had a current player. And if you're going to get somebody you want to tell stories... Let's start with a guy who's been around here the longest, mm-hmm. Demar Dotson, and one of the great all-time guys. Just really I know laid he's one back. Of your favorites for he sure. is. He's yeah. always been one of my favorites, and I like him because he wasn't drafted. He's the underdog. He's proved himself over and over again, and yeah. you know I like that. And uh, I'm going to ask him about that because um, he's got a really interesting origin story. Mm-hmm. So we'll get to that here pretty soon. But uh, let's just catch up on what's going on. First of all, we've had another game yep. since the last podcast, a preseason a game. A very long game. Yeah, delayed by an hour. Yeah, crazy. And, and, and You know, Jeff, I know it's a preseason game. I know it. And we're winning 27-6, and that's really what mattered. Basically, our starters, both teams played all their starters the first half, and just because of the lateness and the delay, Coach Cutter decided not to send his stars back out in the second half. The Lions I did. Like that. Right. The Lions did for a couple of series or two, and that's not there's that's not a problem for either side. That's just yeah. what it was. By the time that stretch was over, the Bucks were winning twenty seven six. That's what matters. Yet I'm sitting there in the press box, and I'm getting so angry when they were coming back. I don't, I'm, I'm like, why do I care? It doesn't matter. But I, I couldn't help it. I was so mad. Because you're a competitive individual. If, if we had to fight for that bottle of water, you'd have me on the just ground. Just give it a try. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, so. but I knew like 10 minutes after the yeah. game, I knew it didn't matter. Maybe it was because I knew I was going to have to rewrite the intro to my story. Well, yeah, and th- it just it's just good to win. Yeah. It's you know? and, and if you ever take losing like, oh, it doesn't matter, then, then that's an issue. I know what happened. Remember last time we were saying – we were talking about the two four and O teams, right? The two teams that went zero and sixteen, Detroit and uh, and then Cleveland last year, and both four, those teams went four and O in preseason. So yep. we said we need to lose one of these teams, and we we so sure did. Perfect. You you did well enough to feel like you win, but yeah. you didn't win. Well, the, the, brilliant. The the thing is though, the team played really really well, and and I'm not the only one. There's a number of people are starting to agree yeah. on this. What we saw was very exciting. Um, I don't know how good Detroit's going to be, but at the end of the day, it was their starters also. Right. So they're a good team. Yes, and so I, I did like that. You know, if you got three wide receivers who are killing it all at the same time, you can get excited about playing them all together on the field. We have three quarterbacks who are playing really well, but yes. you can only play one of them at yes. a time. You know, their combined passer rating for Fitz and Griffin and Jameis Winston is 110. Really? Combined, they have six touchdowns, no interceptions. 
they're they're all playing fantastic, but only one of them is going to play at a time we can, unless we come up with some crazy. But it sure it, it is a nice feeling though that if something doesn't go right, you got someone ready to go. And and uh, Ryan Griffin has just really impressed me. It's it's been very exciting to watch him play. He's got some good touch. You know the difference when you see, and this year it's Austin Allen. When you see that guy who's new, and he might be talented too, mm-hmm. um, but he's new to the NFL and to the Buck system, and it's the level of difficulty is so much harder. And then you see Ryan Griffin, you go, okay, he's never taken a regular season snap, so in some ways he doesn't have a lot of experience, but he's got a lot of experience. When he's out there, he's in control and he's calm. And, and I know he's generally played against with reserves against reserves, and you have to factor that in, but he himself has looked calm and looked like he can make the throws. And he also understood what the play was. Right, and then you get the, the rookie at the end, Who's thrown in there? It's tough. It's yeah. tough for him. It's a hard go, period. I'm hoping that Austin Allen gets a chance to play two or three quarters on Thursday and acquits himself nicely. I hope he gets that opportunity. He's putting tape out there for 32 teams, as people are fond of saying this time of the year. And um, That's your only way right. is you have to. You don't know who's watching right? ever. It's kind of like doing a show like this. You don't know who's listening. You know? <laughs> NBC could be calling you soon. Who knows? I, I think DeMar's going to be listening. Yes, I hope so. Yeah, he said he wanted to. He, he was he was happy we had a show. Um, what else I liked from this game? The first drive, the one thing we hadn't done well to that to this point was run the ball. Mm-hmm. Ran the ball very well on that drive. It was all Peyton Barber, and he every single one of his runs was good. I mean, every play on that drive, except for one. Gather. Let's see. It was how many how many plays were in the drive? Looks like there was eight. Eight plays in the drive, every play had at least got at least four yards, except one that got three yards. If you can do that on a regular basis, you're going to move the ball and score points. What I liked even more about it is it was an hour before – it was an hour delay, and they came out, and they started they fast. sharp, yeah. That's what I liked. All of our games, our guys are starting fast this year, and that was a huge, huge. problem. Actually, not just last year, but for years now. Two Always. Two three years in a row, we've had Always. problems starting fast. Mm-hmm. And, and, because, and because of the disruption, and it is a disruption not only for the, for the players. I mean, it is a disruption for everybody. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't we, pleasant. It wasn't. Yeah, I mean, we, we were on the air for an hour. Stretch. Stre- well, and, and I'm happy because I've got a couple guys that will talk forever with with the Gene and TJ and Dave in there, who we've had on our show, sure. And then uh, we were taking questions, so it was fun in that aspect. But you know, you want to kick off when it's time to kick off. You're ready to go, yeah, yeah. and and so I did like the fact how whatever Dirk did with you know getting the guys focused for that period of time because you're just they're just sitting around it's a in tough a locker thing room. To do. Yes, you know another problem with those like hour long delays before games is that the Bucks probably have the best press box food. Yeah, <laughs> in, in the league, it's certainly up there. Yes, and uh, that's a problem when you have an extra hour of right. sitting around to eat. Yes, it's like, it's all good. Going, I'll just have a, a pretzel. But it was, a, but but all in all, it was a fun game. I I, I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. Um, we've had a couple. We've had a couple guys uh, go on IR since the last time we talked. Charles yeah. Sims. He's had rough yeah. luck L- in tough. his career. That's yeah, I think down. about Charles Sims. In that 2015 season, when he was able to play 16 games and the offense was good, and he looked great. He looked great, and so he's he's got skills. He's had some he's had some rough luck, and it happened to him again. I, I guess should, I should say Charles Sims, the third, right? Yes. Isn't that a pet peeve? Of Don't yours? start that. Unless your father played <laughs> in the NFL, you know, there's only a few that 
can like, go as you know the second. It made sense for Kellen Winslow to wear it. Yes, unfortunately, he didn't you know play as well as his father it, did. That was, that's a understatement. He's, he's had trouble living up to. He's had trouble a just. He just had trouble living life, but that's a whole <laughs> other story. But no, I, I, yeah, I, I don't understand that. I mean, I guess, I guess you're paying respect to your father and all of that. But, and you know, I don't know your dad, so if you're the third, I'm not going to confuse you with really your make dad. Any yeah, <laughs> but that's a salty hey, dog. I was going to say, I had to give you an opportunity to be salty. Thank you, I appreciate that. So, and then it keeps uh, me going. Uh, a fortunate thing for Sergio Bailey, the rookie wide uh, receiver who was having such a good preseason in camp. He gets hurt in warmups. Uh, Scott, I watched it. You saw I, it happen. I saw it happen. It, uh, it was crazy because. We were, you know, as they were starting to uh, warm up, we're on the clock then. You know, we need to know when they're going to kick off. There's certain things in a broadcast that has to be done, has to be timed out. Right. So I am looking on the field trying to figure out a couple of things, and I saw him go down and uh, immediately grab the binoculars because I didn't know who it was. Right. And um, it didn't look good from the get-go. It clearly wasn't because he had no. surgery that yes. night or the and, next morning. And my heart went out for him, to him because Dirk Cutter just got done saying the week before he was a guy that was standing out. And so here's his opportunity to perhaps, if he doesn't make this squad, perhaps end on the practice squad or someone else picks him yeah. up. And, you know, it was such a fluky bad luck. It reminds me of, and I was tweeting about this before the game, it reminds me of um, Paris Warren at the end of the 2007 preseason uh, and he catches in the fourth preseason game, he catches the winning touchdown pass at the end of the game, flying over the goal line as he catches it, And but he's tackled in a weird way, and he breaks his leg, it's, I think. Yeah, it's crazy. And Coach Gruden came out and said he had done enough. He was going to make the team. Mm -hmm. and this is maybe a little bit different. I'm not sure Sergio had a great shot at making the 53 because it's so deep there. No, but I think he had a shot at – well, yeah, but I think he had a shot at maybe the practice right, squad, still, but someone else could pick him up. It's still such bad luck because yeah. Coach Cutter said they – they kind of abbreviated their warm-up, and mm -hmm. they only ran four plays. It, they did some other stuff, but full team plays, they ran four of them. Yeah, it wasn't And he even, got hurt on one of them. And it didn't... He it, was planting, and it slipped, and that was that. Ankle, I think. Yeah, it, it just looked like he slipped. That's a shame. Uh, Silver lining for Sergio, though. He got put on injured reserve. Mm -hmm. This time of year when guys, especially young guys who, who were long shots anyway, get injured, you evaluate their injury, and... If it's determined that's going to take six weeks to get back, they're usually waived injured, and then you reach an injury settlement with them that basically pays them the amount of time it would have, they, they would have been paid until they got back. And then they're allowed to go and find employment elsewhere. Um, Sergio was actually, and it's a new rule that allows this to happen, and I think it has to do with the severity of the injury, but he went directly to injured reserve. So he didn't have to go through waivers. And he doesn't. He's not going to be waived. He'll stay on injured reserve for the whole year. So he'll still be around. He'll get to rehab here. Perfect. He can still learn from his coaches. Uh, no, he won't get a chance to be on the practice squad and hone his game and maybe at some point get promoted. But he certainly will have a chance to heal and be back again next year. So it's it's a blip yep. for him. But he was doing so well that hopefully we're gonna we haven't heard the last. From I do like that silver lining. Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. From uh, the dark clouds of Friday night. <sighs> But it, there was there was a fun thing, and that was uh, the um, what what would we call it? Six, well, it was a hundred nine yard, not a punt return. Yeah, it's how a, did we not talk about this? Yet? Well, we will. That's why we I'm are. bringing it up. You're the you're the pro here. Yeah, I'm just. Uh, it's a field goal return. How do they? I I yeah, can't. It's, it's a that, return of a missed field. Goal. Okay. There's no. They'll tell you it's 109 yards. It doesn't go into any stats. No, anymore. 
No, but it, it's an, it was an electric play, and it was an exciting play. And what I was really happy about, we nailed it. When I say we, I say Gene. He nailed it. Totally. And and I'm going to let you listen to it right now. It is, Are you? Yeah, it's really good. It's okay, really good. I'm you ready? To, yeah. All right, here it goes. 62-yard field goal. Here's the spot, the kick. It is going to be short. Can be returned by Humphreys. Humphreys runs to the 15. Humphreys to the 20. Humphreys goes to the left side with a convoy. Humphreys to the 35. Humphreys to the 40. Humphreys to the 50. Hurdles to the 40. Got a block to the 30. Humphreys to the 20. Humphreys to the 10. Humphreys will score a touchdown Tampa Bay. 109 yards. Kick return by Adam Humphreys. How about that, Matt Patricia? Oh, man, you're right. That was great. <laughs> Is that not great? It's great when he gets into it like that. <laughs> he was – it was funny because it was – I have to give credit. It was a group effort because um, you 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 have to be watching the whole field. And for him, he's got to set up. He's looking at – you know, it's a 63-yarder. He's got to set up every the whole play for you. Mm-hmm. And uh, in his ear and – and I'll give TJ credit. TJ was on the sideline, and he goes, Humphrey's underneath the goalpost, which I saw, and I go – to Gene in his ear, Humphrey's under the goalpost. Humphrey's under the goalpost. So when it comes, when it came down, he knew exactly who was there at that time. Nice. And it doesn't get – a, a Gene call, that doesn't get any better. doesn't get any better. You probably know now. I don't know if you knew at the time. The sequence of events there, um, they called a timeout mm-hmm. and t- before their field goal. And then before we were gonna, they were going to kick, we called a timeout. And, and your first reaction is, are we seriously icing the kicker in a preseason game on a 62-yarder at halftime? But that wasn't why. Chris Conte, I, I assume alertly on his own, had gone down to field a, a potential missed field goal because it's an opportunity and mm-hmm. somebody should take advantage. So kudos to him. Mm-hmm. But Coach obviously recognized what was going on too, called a play, put, I mean called a timeout and put Adam out there and the rest is history. Right. It, I mean, you cannot – I don't care if it's a preseason game. It's still electrifying. So. And as uh, alertly Greg Amon of Now If The Athletic pointed out the previous week, the Buccaneers – practiced that specific situation in practice. And it's funny the different situations they practice. Dirk made a comment after the game that they almost had one last year. Yeah, but he but Carolina. he got yeah and but he came out and got hit around the thirty. Yeah. But it was the same setup. So it's it's not like, oh, you surprised the Buccaneers on this one. Yeah, so. it's funny that they you don't think about it, but they practice those those things don't happen by accident. Mm-hmm. Like uh they practice you're up by six and you're it's fourth down. You're backed up way by your own goal line. You get in punt formation, but there's hardly any time left in the game, so you might as well just take a safety so you can do a, mm-hmm. a safer free kick because mm-hmm. there's not much difference between being up by four and being up by six. That might happen once every three years to a team, but you still practice it because when it happens, you got to be ready, and the punter has to know he's supposed to take the snap and run mm-hmm. over here. And I mean, for that play to work, there's a lot of things that have to happen. Everybody has to do their job. Everybody has to yeah. – and, and – what well, was perfect, and the whole time as Gene's doing the call, I'm going, no flag, no flag. Yeah. Because, I mean, yeah. that was all I was looking for. <laughs> That's all I was looking at the rest of the field. <laughs> yeah, no flag. We once, were good. once Adam broke free and you could see he was going to make it, mm-hmm. I was looking at all the rest of the field trying to find that yellow. Yeah, that was, that was fun. The reason that play works is because a, a field goal team is made up largely of big blocking guys, and they're not good at open field tackling. Yeah, Dave pointed that out. Yeah. That, oh, really? That's yeah, he pointed obvious. it out that he goes, yeah, once it goes, you got a better shot at it. And the only – I know we're, we're running a little long oh, here. Cool. But the, the, the other thing I want to bring up, and we talked about this, and you actually tweeted it out during the game. If we run long, we can just, we can just uh, cancel DeMar's part. 
Oh yeah, we don't need that. Yeah, part. sure, that'll go. That that'll be a crowd pleaser. <laughs> anyway, you were saying. Um, I brought, I you brought up the fact that Mike Evans, uh, OPI, um, last offense, week, of, offensive pants interference, and we talked about it. And it was interesting because Dave Moore made a comment, A, he doesn't need to do that. In that particular play, he does not need to do that. Now, O.J. Howard also got called for that. And Dave had a great explanation. He said that should that should have not have been a penalty because he didn't push out. He kind of pushed to the side because the guy was grabbing him. And that's a big difference. And he, in, in watching the replay, he barely touched him at all. That's what we were arguing yeah, about. Yeah, and I th- he told us that he told us what happened there because he went and talked to the ref, and he's like, "What what happened there?" And um, the guy says, "From what I see, you you moved him too mm-hmm. much. I have to. You're and, and so he's the ref basically told him when you're refing games with big guys with mismatches against smaller guys, and he referenced Gronk and the Patriots." Mm-hmm. You see the bigger guy, and you see the smaller guy move a little more than you want to see him move, and you you have to throw, in his mind, you have to throw a flag. And probably a majority of the times that's correct. In this particular case, on it film, he clearly didn't do it. So uh, that's going to be the big key for Mike Evans is they're going to call it on him right. all the time. So he, he And I don't know if it's just a habit. You know, just that automatic before he catches the ball, he pushes. Well, I'm a little bit more of an apologist on this than, than you and Dave are because I think there's a lot of plays where the – DB has his hands on mm-hmm. him, and Mike finds the ball first. Yes, and when he finds the ball, he's going. He's preparing to catch it, so he has to disengage the hands. Mm-hmm. He's not. A lot of the times, I'm sure Mike Evans is pushed off, mm-hmm. but a lot of the times, I feel like he's not pushing off. He's just disengaging, and he's slowing down and stopping. And the DB continues going, so it looks like he pushed him. This one, there was five of us sitting up there, and we saw the replay, and there was not a total agreement on mm-hmm. whether it was a good call or not. So I could be wrong. They could that, be wrong. That's, and that's the problem. And is that He has to avoid the appearance he, of a penalty. And for uh, at least for a little bit of time, he has to do that because they're going to call it on him. But, yeah, it's just that's easy. His, it's easy for us to say. Yes. Oh, oh, yeah. Hey, listen, Mike Evans is a great oh, receiver, and you know I'm not downing him at all. It's, just, it's unfortunate because he has made some – Awesome catches, and I and I think some of those calls are bad, but it's just yeah, you know, it, 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 you know, perception's reality. The perception is he pushes off yeah, all the time. Point. He made a great catch there, absorbed a big hit, held on to it. Obviously, it hurt because he was down for a while. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, he got caught right in the small of the back, and I've had back surgery, and I cringed. Yeah. In fact, my back hurts after that. <laughs> Seriously, you could tell. Oh. You could tell how upset he was because. That whole time he was down, I don't think he realized yet that the penalty had been called on him. And then he rolls over and he realizes it was an OPI. Yeah. And it was like he went. It was like that scene in Waterboy where they give uh, <laughs> give him the water at the end and he pops straight up. He's, that's what it looked like. He went boing and pops yeah. straight up. He was mad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in fairness, I, I think he should too, be. Think. Yeah. Yeah. So so it's onward. Last preseason game and then uh, um, regular season begins. So yeah. You know, next week will be. When we're recording this, I doubt we'll talk at all about the last preseason game no. unless there was some rookie who made such a great had such a yeah, great unless game someone does another. We're going to be back. talking about cuts because after the game, uh, there may be some on Friday, but they have to be done on Saturday. I think maybe at six uh, Eastern time. Get from ninety-one to thirty to fifty-seven players. It's not going to be easy, especially at some places like linebacker and wide receiver and defensive line and offensive line. So that's a rough weekend for everybody. Coaches don't like to have to cut these guys. But the important thing to remember, and I did this research uh, yesterday, 
the 37 guys that were trimmed from the roster on that Saturday last year, 25 of them were in training camps this year. So this isn't necessarily dreams dying. Crushed. Right. It's dreams being slightly deferred in most cases. No, I These like guys that. will get another shot. We're going to use that. Dreams deferred. I'm sorry, Scott. Your dream is being slightly deferred. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that doesn't sound In radio, so we used to call that philosophical differences. We're parting ways on philosophical differences. So <laughs> that's, that's something new. All well, right. I hope that never happens. Let's to get Dot in dogs. here. Yes, let's do that. We're going to finish up here. You've heard enough from us. Let's hear some great stories from DeMar Dotson on our next segment. The Salty Dogs. And welcome back to the Salty Dogs podcast. Once again, I'm Scott Smith, and, and over there is... Uh, I am still Jeff. And we... <laughs> <laughs> you're hearing a third voice now. The first current player we've ever had on our fairly brief history of uh, the Salty Dogs podcast. And it makes sense. It's the right. most tenured player on the team, DeMar Dotson. DeMar, thanks for being here. I feel special. <laughs> well, you should. I think he just called you old. <laughs> no, that's what Salty Dogs means. Oh, I get it. Oh, we all get know, right? Yeah. yeah. Can't help it. Yeah. I, keep, keep living. There you go. Keep um, it going. All right. We don't always – we don't talk about just football in here. So I, mm-hmm. I understand that you were until recently – in the food truck business. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. I bought a food truck about two and a half years ago. It was a barbecue truck. Okay. And a good buddy of mine's, and he's a good barbecue. So I decided to say, hey, you know, you barbecue good. You know, I got the funds to, you know, put out a food truck. So we decided to go in business. And the food was good. Yeah. But, you know, somehow we just wasn't making no money. There's a lot more to it than just the food, <laughs> Yeah, there's right? a lot more to it. So, you know, the money was... I wouldn't say it was coming up missing, but it just wasn't making none. So, you know, good product, you know, just probably bad, you know, management of the business that we were doing. What was it called? Did it have a clever name? It was um, called Finger Licking Barbecue. Oh, that's pretty good. That's a good name. That'd make me want to And it was it. good. I did try it. Oh, you did? Yeah. You well, sad thing about it, that, that food truck cost me a lot of money. Oh, I'm sorry. Like, like who loses a lot of money in the food truck? <laughs> uh, the fastest way to lose money is buy a professional baseball team start a food business yeah start food business is a good way to lose some money i mean was it a, was it a, a struggle to try to find the right place to go with the truck no we had we, we had a, actually we had it right there on we had it on there yeah, maybe, maybe one time oh, if we moved from there maybe we put it on west shore and gandy and i mean i think that was two good places yeah. i had it in but you know just couldn't get Dot the couldn't, couldn't get it going it's all about marketing and that's that that's that's one thing <laughs> I, I had a marketing guy and i paid him and he wasn't. He didn't do everything he said he was gonna do. So you know, I lost all on that. But it just came at the end of the day. I just it just wasn't making money, so I had to sell it. Well, now you know what you're not gonna do when your football career is over. And you're I sold. And I sold the truck for a fraction of what I bought it for. <laughs> now imagine that. <laughs> Shocking is that my? Aren't you glad we brought this up? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, I lost experience. a lot of money in it. Actually, you wouldn't be the first entrepreneur to start something and it didn't work. Your product was good. Product was real good. The product was real good. So you have to regroup. Maybe after you get retire, you regroup a little bit. Think about it because if the product's good, the product will do it. But you got to get the people there. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not quitting on the business. Once I retire, I still want to own a barbecue business and okay. I still want a soul food business. That's nice. two things that I still want. And and uh, and uh, I just know that I got to be there. If you're not in your business, watching your business, your business gonna falter. And that's what I kind of realized. Yeah, you couldn't really do that with yeah. you have another. Yeah. Right now. So I couldn't. I couldn't spend the time there. I couldn't be there. I couldn't do everything I wanted to. And you know, it, it shows well, that it failed. You know what you got that's gonna make it work in the long run is you obviously have a passion for it. Yeah. Oh that's, yeah. That's important. Nobody loved Bobby more than me. He went to school. <laughs> he went to the school of hard knocks. Uh, <laughs> I can't. I can't cook it, but I can show sure eat it though. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. 
it's the final week of the preseason here. Um, you, I'm sure, are not going to play in that game. Thank you. I doubt you're very upset about that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but you've been there before. I have. You've been. You've gone into that game, not sure, right? Not I sure have. It was going to happen. I uh, have. So. That would be 09 was the first year, right? 2009, yes. First of all, before we get to that, you were playing basketball at Southern Miss. Southern Mississippi. And you only played like two-thirds of one season of football, right? Yeah. And you were a defensive tackle. Defensive tackle, defense end. So tell us how the Bucks found you. Well, well think about it. Scouts used to come to our, to our, our practice and stuff. And, and to make a long story short, one of the scouts was Dom Green. He was a scout for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And he came there, and my defensive line coach, you know, told me to go upstairs and stick your head in there. And so I went up to his office, and Dom was in there. And the first thing he said to me, he said, man, you look like an offensive tackle. No kidding. You know, and Dom just kind of, like, took interest in me because, you know, I was a raw kid, basketball player, big, athletic, you know. And he, he, he just took me as, like, one of his little projects. So he took a he took an interest in me. He came down after pro day and worked me out individual and uh, just kept, stayed in contact with me. And then once the draft was over with, you know, he called me up. And was like, you know, first thing he asked me, he said, can you get to Tampa? And I told him no. <laughs> <laughs> now imagine that. You know? So wait, what happened? But, 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 what happened? but the, the reason why you told him no is you didn't have the capital to get it yeah, done. Yeah, but, 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 but when, I, when I think about it in the long run, like who tells a man, you know, yeah. no, I can't make it to Tampa? He yeah. could have said, oh, okay, well, forget it then. But no, he could say, hold on, okay, I'll call you back. And he called him back, and you know, he said, "Okay, I got a, I got a ticket for you. We're gonna bring you well, up." That worked then. But yeah. see, it sounds like you started negotiating even before you got here. <laughs> well, that wasn't smart on my. <laughs> That's funny. So, so no, did any other teams figure out what was going on, or was it the Bucks the only one that, looking at you? The Bucks was the only so, one that gave him an opportunity. So the fact that your coach told you to stick your head in that room, and that Dom Green was there and took one look at you and thought offensive tackle. If those two things didn't happen, you're probably not here, right? It, it was. It was the favor and it's grace amazing. of God. I mean, I think that God had a purpose for me to be here, so I think, you know, somehow, some way, it would have happened because that was his will. Okay. That's but that's at the end of the day, that, 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 that's how it played out. It was, a, it's a, it was a long, crazy story, but, you know, I'm just glad that it happened. Were you ever skeptical about this offensive line thing or as soon as you Oh, when I first when I first got here, I, I didn't even bring cleats to work out in. <laughs> you know, that just did I, – I thought we were just going to be doing like drills and stuff. So, I bought tennis shoes. <laughs> did they uh, Did they have cleats to fit you? They did not. That's when right. I, so, when I go in there, the first first practice, that's when we're doing two days for, you know, on mm-hmm. mini camp. Yeah. So, to, you know, get ready for the pr- first practice. When you work for a living. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I go in there and, 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 you know, obviously I don't have no cleats. I'm saying, man, I'm in trouble. So, I go in there and ask for some cleats. He asked me what size was, what, 18? And the man cussed me out and talked to me all kind of bad, called me everything <laughs> but, a, but, a, but a child of God. You know, and, and, and then he said, here, I got some size 16s, I'm going to throw you that. So I, I go out there the first practice, I wear a size 18, now I got these size 16s on my feet trying to play football. Jammed in there. And I'm hurting and I'm messed up. And I, and I come out after practice, I can't do this. So what I did, I, I cut the toe out. I cut the whole toe out. So my, my toes sticking out the shoes for the second practice. I'm out there doing that, and people stepping on my toes. My toes getting stubbed on. I said, I just rather go out there in my tennis shoes. So I went out there in my tennis shoes for the next three practices That's and fantastic. did that. It took them that long to find you a pair of 18s? You think they'd run out to the store at that point? Hey, I was an undrafted free agent that's trying out. You know, you put a run to the um, store and get me no shoes. They're that's doing true. one of these. He's not going to be here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> hey, hey, Nobody hey, else is wearing 18s. Yeah, he, he's good. He's and good. that's how the equipment guy talks sure. to me, too. Like, you're not going to be yeah, alone. Yeah, you know, it just cuts me out. Yeah, you're killing me over here. Yeah. But, you know, that was Jim at the time. You know, Jim. And I still gave Jim hell about that for a long time. Did he own up to it? Yeah, he owned 
grown up he's to good. it. Yeah, he but a I, good guy. I had to mess with him for years about that. But that's fair. What do you think about some of these uh, young offensive linemen right now who are playing out of position and filling in like a Mike Lidke and guys like that? It's kind of yeah. impressive, right? Mike, Mike, Mike doing a good job. Mike, one of those hard, you know, hard hat guys that that can play any position. He can play left tackle all the way to right tackle. You know, and, and and he's not a prototype left tackle, but he's he's a guy that's gonna go out there and scratch. He's gonna fight. He's gonna bite you. He's gonna do whatever he can to get the job done. You know, that's the kind of guys you need on this on this team. That you know, they ain't gonna look pretty at all times, but he'll go out there and stick his head in there and, and he'll do what he need to do to to try to get the job done. So, you know, you can't ask for too many guys like that, and, and it's not too many guys like that. So, Mike Mike is a is a much needed guy. Are you? Uh, do you kind of just tell the guys, hey, just do what they're asking you to do. Just go out there and get it done. Yeah, especially um, you know, you know, young guys like undrafted free agents because you know I was undrafted free right. agent, so I got a, I got a heart for undrafted free agents. But you know, the thing about it, you know, when I came in as undrafted free agent, I mean, I was hungry. You know, I I was trying to do everything that I could to make people you know recognize me. If I had to punch you in the face, I punch you in the face. If I had to throw you on the ground, I throw you on the ground. Like I was hungry, but when I see undrafted, I don't see that same hunger and that same determination. And a lot of undrafted free agents that you know when I came there. You know, because I remember one one day in practice, you know, I was going against Gaines Adams. He was mm-hmm. the, you know, starting defense in that time. Third overall pick. Yeah. Right. And and we had one-on-ones. We had two, you know, two rushes against him. And I locked him up and punched him in the face and, and threw him on the and just tore him up. And the next day in team meeting, you know, coach put me on the screen and said, do anybody know who this guy is? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, you know, from then on, I was just trying to get my name recognized. Well, that'll, but, that'll you know, you it. see a lot of guys, they undrafted for agent, and I'm like, man, where's the sense of urgency? He's, I don't see it. He sounds like a salty dog, those young kids yeah. these days. <laughs> you know, I know, right? It's interesting, though. It you is. Know? Is it a generational thing, or is it just a certain group of guys? I wonder. I don't, I don't know what it is. I'll be trying, I'll be trying to get it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not a big talker, so I don't, I don't say a whole lot, so I kind of keep to myself, you know, but you know, I I, I just look from the you know outside in. I'm just looking. I'm is, like, is that part though? If you go to college and you're in a college where where you're the star, so to speak, or you're one of the stars, so that you get catered to, and then when you finally get to the NFL, you're not as hungry. You're not as hungry. Like he was. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, how, if you come in as an undrafted free agent, how, I mean, how big of a star was you? Well, you know. You were yeah, hungry. You probably was, yeah. But, do, you, but, do you sometimes drive to work and shake your head and go, "Dang, I can't believe that uh, this is happening." All the time, really. All the time. Still. That's what keeps me hungry. That's what keeps me driving. You know, every day. I mean, I can't, I can't let up because I'm still a, a guy that came in through the back door. So I still think they might cut me. I still think I might get fired. Yeah, I don't you think know? that's gonna happen. Yeah. You know, but hey, I'm, I, that's that's still in the back of my mind. <laughs> you know, so I'm, I'm I'm always thinking about that. Like, man, I don't want. Nobody would ever say he don't work hard. I don't ever want nobody to say, man, he's not giving it a hundred percent. I don't ever want want nobody to say that about me. Well, and you, it's not like you just had to fight that first year in two thousand nine to make that position change and then make the team. You had to keep fighting for several years because you had to keep fighting until you got at least one mm-hmm. good contract, right? I mean, yeah. You know, I I didn't get my first opportunity to start till oh, two thousand twelve. Right, it was my first year. I had an opportunity to to start. You know, and once I got it, man, I just try to, you know, fight it and, and choke the life out of it. But, you know, every year from, you know, 2009 and 2010, I got injured in 2010 in the preseason game, the four right. preseason game, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, tore my LCL and put me out for the whole season. Yep. So I had to come back that next year in 2011 and prove and, 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 and make this team all That's over right. again. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm used to it. You know, I don't mind going out here and working. That's, that's the way I started. And I keep that same mentality today. 
this is kind of random, but does it, is it an advantage or a disadvantage to be six foot nine when you're trying to play offensive tackle? It 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 is definitely a a a, a disadvantage. Why? You know, but but it can be an advantage in the point of you know you got long arms, so right. you know you can use your, your your length to your advantage. But especially going against short guys, it it, it can be disadvantage well, because. Yeah, I always hear you get. You're supposed to the low man wins, right? Yeah, and, you, and how do you get low on a guy that's that much shorter than you? You got to. You got to bend. Yeah, <laughs> you got to bend. Easy, right? <laughs> you got to bend. I mean, a lot of tall guys don't bend well. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's why you see a lot of you know it's hard for offensive tackles. A lot of them, you know, that's why the changeover keep coming right. because a lot of them don't bend well. And you got guys that's short that's coming around the edge, that's getting up on you. If you don't bend, it's gonna put you to the quarterback. You so, know. So is it harder for you to to um, I mean, I know you effectively do it against all of them, but is it harder to block Noah Spence than, say, JPP? Um, a, a Noah Spence type caliber yeah. type player. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I know you get them all. I, mean, I wouldn't say you know one is more tougher than other. I mean, I, you know, both obviously one going to offer a different challenge than the other right. one. But you know, as offensive tackle, you got to be able to block a JBP type caliber player. You got to be able to block a um a Noah Spence type caliber. Right. You just can't say, "Well, I do good against JBP, and I don't do good against Noah Spence." <laughs> that wouldn't really work. You ain't gonna last too yeah, long, Yeah, because man. other teams watch tape, don't they? <laughs> you ain't gonna be around too long. You're playing that fourth season preseason game. <laughs> so, do you have to dress for the fourth game? Um, I don't know, no, no. No, I don't. I don't know. If I'm not dressing. Yeah. I don't think we unless you change it up. But right. you know, usually, typically, it's not. You don't have to. You don't have to dress out. So your mindset now is the first game of the year. New Orleans. That's 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 the mindset now. Nothing else. Nothing else. That's the only thing that matters. Got for I mean, I mean, obviously, you don't want to overlook this game because you still want to root your guys on. You still mm-hmm. want to. You know, you got a lot of young guys that's fighting for this teams. Uh, you know, fighting not only for this team. You got thirty. You know, one other teams that's looking yeah. at this too. So you want guys to go out there and, and play well. So my mindset one, and yeah, I'm looking forward to on New Orleans, but I'm gonna cheer those guys on them. You know, because this is how I made my my, my opportunity in the four preseason game. Mm-hmm. So you know, I want to tell those guys that hey, this is where you make your living at right here. So go out and put on a good show. So as a senior member of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you've seen a lot. Mm-hmm. As we go into this season, you see anything different than you haven't seen before? Um, I, I, I do. Well, I'm not saying, I don't know about never seen before, but I see something that I haven't seen last year. Mm-hmm. And I see a lot of focus no, no, this year than I seen last year. And last year we had hard knocks in here. Yeah. And, 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 and even though, you know, everybody was raving about us and giving us all this big credit, you know, you could just see that, you know, it just wasn't a whole lot of focus because we had too many cameras sure. in here and people trying to do things for the camera. And I, I just had a feeling, man, going to this with all these cameras and a young team, you know, it, it, it just, it's just hard to, you know, sometimes it's just to want to shy away from the cameras because guys want to be around it. They want to say stuff. You can see the camera over there, and, you know, they they coming around and now you're doing things that, you know, you typically wouldn't do. But now, you know, there's no cameras around. There's no – nobody's giving us a chance in – in hell to be good. So now guys is kind of hungry and they yeah. locked in and they, you know, they trying to say, okay, hey man, we got to really do it this year. The thing I keyed in on is you said we were a young team last year. So mm-hmm. this year, almost everybody's back. Added a few more parts. The coaching staff has been there, so the familiarity is there. It so, is there. Yeah, you're right. So and Scott and I will talk, and sometimes you get so close to it, but the the last game. Uh, last preseason game, watching the offense play, it was exciting. Yeah, well, yeah. it's been exciting all, all yeah, preseason. Yeah, and and you kind of 
you hedge your bets because you've been involved in this for a long time and of course you're hoping for the best mm-hmm. but but i i think there is a different feeling so i was just curious to, if you were feeling the same thing, that, yeah, you, know, you are. But yeah, you can. I mean, you, you got to prove it. But yeah, you got to prove. Yeah, but you can feel it too. Like, mm-hmm. You know, guys are more locked in. You yeah. know, and 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 and, I, and, I, and that's why that's what I like about it. Oh, and, and training camp was tough. Yeah, you know, it was a lot of physical. I think Coach Man made it. I, I read something like in the pre in the um, off season that I guess John Gruden said something about. You know, our training camp was kind of soft or something. Mm-hmm. And I just, oh my goodness, man! What would he say something like that for? <laughs> so I didn't know because coach, it is soft then, the way you know, it used to be, you know. So, so coach made up in his mind like we're gonna make camp gonna, a little more physical this year. Nobody's gonna call us soft. Yeah, no. yeah. And the camp was, it was, you know, it was a lot of competition, defense, you know, defensive line, offensive line had a lot of competition, and it was a whole lot more physical on training well, camp than it was last year. So if the Bucks have a great season this year, you can just imagine how oh, rough man. camp's gonna be next year. Yeah, yeah. Well, I had to have another, another knee injury but for, I think for I, camp. I, yeah. <laughs> oh, it hurts. <laughs> Speaking of, you're in good shape, ready to go? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a whole lot better. I mean, it, it, it's going to be something that I'm going to have to stay on top of, you know, during the, during the whole season and, and um, can't just you know, let it go to waste. But, you know, I mean, overall, I'm, I'm doing good. Good. So that's, good. that's, 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 a, that's a good thing. Well, Jeff, as you know, we're, we're recording this on Tuesday, but mm-hmm. it's really a Friday in a normal week. It's yeah. a football week. Yeah. call that it's around a mock here. week. Yeah. They call it Fast Friday around here yeah. because – Everybody's when out practice here. is over. To, everybody gets to go. It's just Fast. Yeah. Off. Fast. So we're going to let you go because we, we kept you past Before that. you do, how's your son doing? My son doing good. He, you know, he's actually playing football right now. So let me tell you, my son so is – So he's seven now? No, he's nine years nine? old. He's, it he, looks he, like – He's he's five foot eight, um, 180 is, pounds, and wear a size 13 shoe. <laughs> I saw I've him. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I saw I, I, him. I remember when he brought him in. He was like three. And <laughs> yeah, he like and I thought, eight. yeah, exactly. That's why I'm trying to. My remember. son's 15 and he's two inches shorter. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he, what, what's he playing? He, um, he's playing off um, right tackle. Right tackle. Right tackle. You know, he, he's in the fourth grade and he's playing with a sixth grader. So they got him on there with a sixth grader. Um, wow. You know. So he, he's excited about that. Is he having he fun? fun? To watch him. He's having fun. He he been wanting to play for for he wanted to play last year. I, and uh, I was skeptical about letting him play. I didn't really want to play. I didn't want to play this year. But he was bugging me and bugging me about it. So I said, hey, you know, if you want to do it, go ahead and do it. You know, so I tried to let him take me and say, listen, I didn't put on a helmet until I was 22 <laughs> years old. Right. <laughs> you know, so. He's going to be well ahead of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the, the good news is he wants to do it. Yeah. And he's having fun with it. And as long as that's the case, then it's all good. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's definitely having fun. So I guess he kind of want to follow in. You know, daddy steps. Still doing text messaging and like stuff. Davin, oh, like yeah. Talking about the old office yeah. linemen? Yeah. Like Davin Joseph yeah. and Donald Penn and yeah. Jeb Mazuto and, keeping and all t- those guys there. Keeping in touch with all them? Actually, I, I just texted um, Donald about a week ago because, you know, I got the you know news that he was switching over from left tackle to right tackle. So I told him. How's he like that? I told him, if you need any advice, <laughs> then just let me know. I got That's you, right. man. <laughs> yeah. I just know that was a really tight group, and I I, I like to see that. That was, a great, when, that was a great group. I mean, you know, the German True Blood, um, Davin Joseph, Donovan Penn, I mean, um, um, Donovan Penn, and, and, and um, Zuto, and Jeff Fain, you yep. know, that group. Man, that was a great group of guys right there. And that's, that's, I, I learned a lot from those guys. Remember you know, this thought, conversation because in the next segment, we're going to answer letters and somebody wants to know about the most underrated Buccaneer of all time. Mm. So there could be some names in there. That okay. Like most that. underrated? Our, our guy right here yeah. could be. Uh, 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 Who do you think is the most underrated Buck player? You're just time. not going to let him go, are you? Da- um, Davin are you Joseph. Davin Joseph. Davin Joseph. Davin Joseph. Davin Joseph. Davin Joseph. Don't you think, I don't think that's underrated on um, Buck? 
I like one it. One of the most underrated books, sure. Yeah. I, that, uh, that would be up there. That, 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 that would definitely, uh, I, I, that would be my most underrated book, Davin Joseph. I like it. Rule of thumb, when you got a good guest, hang on to him as long oh, yeah. as you and can. He, and you got to realize, Davin, Davin was a great pro. I learned a lot from that guy. That guy was an excellent pro. I mean, it, it, it wasn't a pro that came through here since Davin left that, that, that can even get nowhere anywhere near Davin. He's pretty much great all around. Yeah. Great guy, great pro, great player. Guy, guy taught me how to get ready for games. Awesome. Just a, a great pro. You gotta well, get him on one day. Yeah. Speaking of great, yeah, you gotta get that on. Speaking of great pros, you big, you've, been, you've, been, you've, you've been, been a great pro here. You've been a good guy. There's one thing. Me and Dot always go down the hall. We always say hey, and oh, yeah. and, and that's not always the case with with all players. I'm glad to so. see you two guys got a show, man. I gotta watch it. I, I mean, listen to it. Yeah, yeah. We'll get you back on. It was the funnest stuff. You listen know, to you two guys. When we get into the playoffs, we'll bring this up and say you called it early. How's that? Okay. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Demar. Very much appreciate your time. Thanks, Scott. Thank you, sir. The Salty Dogs. And we're back here Mm -hmm. on the Salty Dogs podcast, our last segment. Yeah. Thanks, Dot. He was good. You know, I listened to this and our so-called breaks are like two seconds long. Yes. I don't think it's believable that we got Dot out of here in two seconds. Oh, yeah. It's the magic of uh, podcasting. Yes. (laughs) If I say it happened, it happened. Continue, my friend. All right. We have been talking for a long time, so let's zip through these questions, okay? Mm -hmm. Uh, First one I'm going to let you handle. It's not really a question, but I think it's important to bring up. Um, Because in case you're liking this and you want to go back and find the links to the other ones, Mm -hmm. um, Ronald Orovec, emailed me in the middle of the week and said, I'm having trouble finding a link to your podcast. And I sent okay. him some help, but you right. tell everybody all the ways. Well, there's an easy way to do it. If you have the Buccaneers app, if you, if you go to the Buccaneers app and you, you download, well, you just open it up. And of course, in the first few days, we will be it's sitting right there, on, yeah. we'll be sitting on the front page. Later? Okay. That's the key, right? You go to the bottom of the page and it says more yeah. and you hit more. And then it says podcasts. Oh, you hit podcasts. And then it loads, as I did right now, and there's the Salty oh, Dogs. See, it's easier, all of them. It's easier to find on the laptop than the main site. Yeah. I mean, on but the on app. The app. Yeah. yeah. The app, it works great, yeah, but it's also, great. it's also on TuneIn. I, okay. TuneIn is a, is a um, service. That, How do you find that? Uh, if you subscribe to TuneIn, oh, so like you will app. know. It's an you app, it, it, and it'll go there. Um, it's on iTunes. It's on also. iTunes. I found it there. Yeah. Yeah, so you can find it. You just you okay. know, but the fastest way is if you have the Buccaneers app, go to more. When I went to it. find it on iTunes, I found out that there's already another Salty Dogs podcast. Really, it's like a Christian bo- podcast out of like Kansas. Well, I could see how people would get us confused. There'll be some overlap. Maybe. Yes. All right. Like I said, we need to rush through these. So right. I got three of We're them. Good. We're good. This is a two-part question from Chris, but I don't think the first part matters for the second part. Well, go I'm ahead. not going to do them both then. Why? Okay, how much of a chance does Todd Mocken have to call plays in regular season games? And I'm not going to continue the rest of it. He's hmm. thinking it's a good idea. I think I think what happens there is that I, my personal opinion, and this is my personal opinion, is Dirk's going to call the plays. Uh, I think what Dirk is doing is, um, uh, you know, the coaching has a has, likes to come everybody together. They're basically calling the same plays. It, yeah, does. it's the same plays. Um, yeah, I, but but here's the danger zone. If we don't do really well, then everybody's going to say, "Well, then it should be Todd calling the play." And they're going to so. compare the points scored in the preseason against yes, against yes. Reality, but that's not be a but but I I totally understand why head coaches who who are offensive minded want to call plays. I I totally understand why they want. To. And it's important to remember that developing the game plan and having mm-hmm. whatever chunk of plays you're going to use that week is a collaborative effort between all of them. So they all will probably they all have a piece of it. They'll have little. Ter- 
ticks tweet, of yeah. their own. But sure. It's not going to be that big right. of a deal. All right. And his second part was, do you think there's a chance that we see Deshaun Jackson lined at running back when Bucks are inside the red zone? The Chiefs did it with Tyreek Hill last year and seemed to be successful. I don't think so. No. I don't think the problem with our red zone last year was play calling. It was just no. executing those plays. Yes. We've got so many red zone weapons that I don't think we need to get cute with Deshaun Jackson in the backfield. No. And why would – yes, no. no. Maybe returning uh, punts? Yeah. Maybe. And yes. he did that in the he game. Did, he did. He cool. did. Yeah, that's cool. All right. Next question from okay. Bobby from L.A. Fantastic podcast last week. Thank oh, you. Thank you. Who do, this is the one we were just teasing with Doc. Right. Who do you think is the most underrated buck of all time? My uh, would be Brad Johnson. Yeah, he didn't get a lot of credit. He didn't get any credit for the Super Bowl run. And if you look at his career, every team he was on, he got him to the playoffs. Minnesota, Washington, (laughs) us. Of course, he was a backup in Dallas, but his career prolonged. I think that uh, when he got hurt in the Detroit game and he didn't play in that Monday night game against Pittsburgh, uh, we got got wiped out. Uh, Sean King and the other Rob Johnson played, and they did not play well. And uh, I'll share a little bit with you. I was doing um, John Gruden's show then, and John told me that he said, if we don't get the bowl back, we're not going to win. We need to get we need to get the bowl back. And, he, and the bowl was Brad Johnson. And he had a back injury. He had a back injury. And that was before social media that no one found out about. Yeah, I think he had a slight fracture. He did. He fractured his back. That's and, hard. And that was kept secret right. because they wanted him to heal. And when he came, when he came back, um, uh, it, he was all the difference in the world. So Brad Johnson's my underrated. And player. you know what made that so important that year? We won. We won that game in Chicago, and another game went well for us. I think it was the Giants beating the Packers, or vice versa. And we got the first round by. Mm-hmm. I don't think Brad was going to be ready Mm-mm. for a wild card game. No, and we smoked San Francisco at thirty eight points after he had time to come back. Yes. And he actually got hurt early in that game. He was bleeding from mm-hmm. the mouth, mouth. Or the nose or something. Yeah, and he and he he's a tough a guy. Oh, yeah. But he but because of that, that's my underrated. I like that choice. I wrote about this last week and, and wrote about Carl Williams. Oh, the truth. So, yeah. I bet you didn't know he's played more games than any other receiver in Bucks history. I did not know that. And that he's our all time leader in punt returns. And that in this he had five punt returns from ninety seven to oh two. Only three guys in the entire league had five in that span. Oh, we're going to get him on the salty dogs, oh, no question. You know, like he had one more than Deion Sanders did in that span. Really? Yes. So mm-hmm. I don't think people realize that. But I have since thought of – to me, the answer to this question is guys that I think more highly of than I think they're generally valued. And I've got two names for you. Joey Galloway. Mm-hmm. I don't think he got credit for as good as he was. I'd go with that. And Donnie Abraham. Oh, yeah, no question. Donnie Abraham You got a guy that gets awesome. you five picks every year. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think Donnie Abraham has ever gotten enough credit for how good he was. Currently, you got to say Levante David because he should have been in five Pro Bowls by now. No question. And then probably the biggest name that should have gotten more recognition during his career, never went to a Pro Bowl, but he's in our ring of honor, Paul Gruber. Oh, Paul Gruber was, was Mr. Buck. And he was so good, but he could never make a Pro Bowl because he was on terrible teams. Yes. And then we, we talked about this last week. He finally gets on good teams and he breaks And breaks leg. a leg and it's over with. So, but you hey, know, wait in the podcast. Yeah, on the another note. <laughs> happy note. Yes, yes, I got one more, but I'm gonna save it. We've been okay. talking too well, long. Well, so that's, that's up to it. you. No, we'll, we'll use it next All week. Right. I guarantee you. Oh, a nice tease. It's wait. from Kent, and I think I've teased that two, two right. weeks in a row. I'm keeping Kent listening specifically mm-hmm. to hear so we have his... at least one listener every week. All right, I appreciate that. <laughs> Sorry, Kent. All right, very good. Well, before you choke over there, I'm gonna say, since you did, thanks for listening.